You're listening to TOSE, The Other Side Enterprise, where we are committed to bringing you to the other side, taking you from dreams to possibilities and on to reality. Listen in on talks for business and life coaching starting right now with your host, Tiffany Rufino. Welcome back, everybody, to TOSE. I am Tiffany Rufino, part of The Other Side Enterprise, and I am here with the Batman to my Robin, Jeff, my husband. Say hello, Jeff. How am I bat? I mean, I like being Batman, but how am I Batman? I felt like it just fit. Okay, well, you have the deeper voice. We'll go with that. I'm Batman. See? Hello, everybody. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't sound like Batman. <laughs> so, welcome back to our podcast, and today we are doing part two, the employee version of part one as to how to catch a falling star. And my intention is not so much to go into coaching employees on not being a falling star. My intention is to show leadership the other side of the employee mindset and why an employee might be on the verge of becoming a falling star. And with that intention, sometimes when you're in it and you have those rose-colored glasses on or emotions are high because you have an employee that you have a relationship with, it's hard to understand another mindset or another point of view when you've either lost hope in that employee that you have across from you or it's just been too murky because of the relationship you guys have um, gotten to at this point. And as always on our podcast, we are going to kick off this discussion with a quote. And Jeff and I had already started debating the quotes as we were uh, setting up for the podcast. And I said, hold it for the podcast. The first quote is from Ty Howard. And Ty Howard says, the employee who steadily smiles and peak performs while having to work with a difficult and sometimes coworker, toxic coworker, proves that he or she is in control of their happiness and peace of mind. That is Ty Howard from tyquotes.com. And my thoughts on that are I call bullshit. I feel that that employee is more toxic to the environment and probably a little bit of a psychopath. <laughs> wow. A lot of that layers to that. was my first impression when I read that. I was like... Many, many layers to no, that. No. No. And only because I've experienced it as an employee and as a leader in both realms. And I believe that the person that stays quiet is part of the problem. Well, let me amend that for a second. So not that the person that stays quiet and that is steadily smiling and peak performing is a huge part of the problem. If the problem is 100%, this person is equivalent to 0.00014376% of the problem, okay? The, the bigger matter is the leadership addressing the toxic environment that this person is a part of. And imagine if you already have an employee that is steadily smiling and peak. Pro well, first of all, that that's a bullshit piece right there. The smiling piece. If I'm at my computer, I think of Sebastian Maniscalco when he says the Internet opened up and then the people that should have stayed in their basement all of a sudden <laughs> is exposed to the world. And they're making that like the Frankenstein face and playing on the computer. You don't have to smile at your computer creepily while you're doing what you need to do. Right. If you're 
people facing, client facing, employee facing, adding a smile softens the touch. But that that piece right there, that steadily smiling, that can go back to have you seen my stapler, <laughs> yeah, sort of thing. That that's covering up something. Um, be authentic. Don't fucking steadily smile. That's the best way I could put it. If you have something to smile about, absolutely smile. If you're feeling great about life, smile. But don't force a smile and steadily smile and have that equate to peak performance. So that's the first issue that I have there about smiling. The next piece is an employee who peak performs while having to work with a difficult and sometimes toxic coworker. If you're peak performing in that environment, imagine what you can do when you don't have an environment that sets you up like that. Now, there's a couple of quotes that are going to challenge this quote that we're going to talk about. And and we had already started our discussion on that. However, it is the leader's responsibility to handle a toxic coworker. And I think the definition of toxic is important here. I'm going to I'm going to challenge you on that. Is because not on my own podcast. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So, well, because here's the thing. Yes, it's the leader's responsibility to address those concerns, like those types of um, employees. However, the team as a whole, if you see like, let's go to the extreme. Let's say that toxic coworker is stealing time. Let's say that toxic coworker is stealing secrets. Let's say that toxic coworker is um, putting your company at risk with their behavior. Yes, it's the leader's responsibility, but it's also the team's responsibility to make the leader aware. If they see it before the leader? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, if you see a behavior, I think it's an invitation for a conversation. And, uh, you know, it's one thing if the leader puts action behind it. It's another if they don't. Right? So you can go to your leader and say hey so-and-so is not i don't know something's off with their time clock you might want to check that out and my caveat to that is that you don't know what the setup was for that shit so it depends on the scenario and here's what i mean by that it could have been that mcdonald's told you hey and i'm referencing back to the last podcast hey we're gonna pay you from 12 to 5 but you could clock out at three and that's fine. And that's, but that was an agreement between you and your leader that Absolutely. nobody else knew knew about. And so they see you bouncing at three, but then they see, oh, but he's getting paid till five. What the hell is? Let me go say something. So transparency is important. Trust is important. Yeah. And if it was, I try to. If it was me, I'm in charge of this whole team, and I made a, a, a gentleman's agreement with somebody on that team that they're going to get some perk because I really need them there. And somebody comes up to me and says, hey, that person's clocking out early, but their timesheet reflects all of this. So on one end, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that somebody that didn't know the situation brought that up to my attention. It's really up to me to act on it. But that kind of puts me in a bind. I kind of screwed, screwed up. Not that you want to go ahead and tell everybody in your organization what everybody else makes. Mm-hmm. That can lead to... You know, that, that can lead to issues, mm-hmm. but you want some level of transparency. And so you want to let people know, like, if there is somebody who is essential for a specific reason, you want to. So you, I agree. I agree from the leadership mindset. Yes. Now put your employee hat back on. Right. And I go. Oh, to I'm snitching. You, well, <laughs> 
All right. So I remember I'm Italian. Easy. (laughs) So I go to you as an employee to let you know, hey, so and so is clocking out at three and time is adjusted till five. This doesn't feel right. And you say, yeah, I got him. I hooked him up with two extra hours because X, Y, Z and needed a person. and, And they did that for me. And I'm sitting here like, okay, I look like an asshole because I just ratted on my peer. And two, I just found out that they're getting a hookup and I'm not, even though I am steadily smiling and performing at peak with this toxic person who won't even work an extra two hours to help cover until the night shift. Like, it it can automatically, unintentionally start to destroy a mindset, right? Because I think there's a piece of it almost seems like those two are working together clickiness like there's a clickiness that appears there because you got a hook up and i'm like what else are you getting hooked up on and like why are we not working together and why doesn't everybody have the same opportunity like why didn't you come to me and ask me to do that right so there has to be a transparency but uh i i think a common ground with how perks are divvied out and how people are chosen for responsibilities Something that jumps out to me that's very interesting is we just talked about one perk, like somebody working like the one I had at McDonald's 12 to three, you get paid 12 to five. And we and it's insane. At the time, I didn't think of it because I had no reason to. But think about what the effect that could be to the entire team. I never thought of it back then. But, you know, for having one person on that's getting paid extra to do something that nobody else is getting paid you you could be actually going in reverse yeah so a toxic environment could be one of that's created out of a positive intention or one that's created out of a negative intention right so the negative intention would be not addressing somebody who comes in that's toxic or behavior curves to becoming toxic and then the other side (laughs) is that this person creates a toxic environment that leader has influence over that because they are favoring somebody. And had that leader asked everybody else, are you willing to work two to three and I'll pay you two to five, or are you willing to work 12 to three and I'll pay you 12 to five? I think my response would be different, right? If everybody said, screw that I don't want that and you stood up and you said I'll do I'll take one for the team I'll do it absolutely I'll take that perk then there's no cause for concern everybody's aware that this was offered equally as an opportunity there's nobody shady looking behind your back saying hey wait a minute he only worked 12 to 3 but he's getting paid 12 to 5 it stops all that little all those little trail pieces Mm -hmm. right and and that's part of the transparency there why wouldn't and and I'm not picking picking on you for that piece but as an employee my mentality with the employee had is what about me right the ego comes into play of am i not liked am i not doing something right what's wrong with me where you would exclude me from an opportunity and that can create a toxic environment as well yeah now well going back to the the quote let's talk about classic toxicity right so you have an employee that is just an asshole, mm-hmm. right? Or somebody who's not motivated, they're dragging a project down, and then you have somebody else who steps up and works double to get the project on track, but does it with a smile on their face. Mm-hmm. 
what's the impact there? The impact on the environment or when you put those two in the same environment? What's the impact on, on the on the overall team dynamic? Mm-hmm. And then what, what would the impact be on that employee, the one that is smiling and working, maybe working extra hours coming in on days off? I think that's internal burnout. You know, in either episode one or episode two of the podcast, we talk about lighting a fire inside of somebody instead of under somebody. And when you have to amp yourself up to go to work and amp yourself up to smile in the face of assholiness <laughs> and amp yourself up to have the energy to complete the job at task at your peak performance while overcoming these hurdles, you start to burn out because you're spending more time on it. You're spending more energy on it. You're burning out internally. And I think the result of that is that's how you lose one of your stars. That's a star that's crashed and burned and needs to get out because they're not, nothing's feeding that fuel in a positive way. And I think the other person who is not conducive to the environment, who I, I, I think I would need an, a specific example, but anybody who is not living the values mission or just like the, the culture, the culture, thank you, of the company a, that should have been addressed a long time ago. If it hasn't been addressed, then it's not the employee's responsibility to sit in the shit with them. It's it's not the employee's responsibility to, you know, have to deal with this person. And yeah, they should bring it to their leader. I, I, I think they should bring it to their leader and say, the environment that I'm in right now is not happy. Here's why. Here's specific reasons as to why I think the employee has will have some challenges because it's a mindset of you know listen i don't want to be that person because now either my leader's going to look to me to always fill him in him or her in on what's going on behind the scenes or my team is going to look to me to be the spokesperson for them or maybe i'm the only one right so it puts that employee in in a whole bunch of awkward positions some employees don't give a shit they're like fine yeah this this just has to change and and that's your silent leader that will come up and be a leader with you without having to have the title because they're just not interested interested in the responsibility i think that there's if depending on your environment you may have some people that just don't want to be involved i just want to come to work clock in do my thing and leave and i will you know go ahead and perform at my peak maybe Maybe I'll just reach the mountaintop and just put my hand up and be like, boop, yep, I touched it. But they're not going to continue giving their all because they're going to burn out very quick and they're going to look for a different environment very quick because it's easier than dealing with conflict. Yeah, I, I'll tell you this. It's like I, I, I always think in risk management, right? And when you talk about having an employee who's doing something that's dragging a project down, um, if I, I can step up or any employee can step up and say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and take the slack. I'm going to cover the slack for this person. But what you end up doing, it's almost like you have a big, like a dam and there's a crack in it. And, in, and instead of addressing that crack, you're just putting your finger there to kind of let the, stop the water from coming out. And then you have, you know, there's, a, there's that, the, the Like there's a story about that, the the little kid, and he's got all these fingers. Before you know it, he's out of fingers, and there's nothing but cracks there. 
instead of addressing the actual issue, which is, you know, one person can only do so much. That's why you have teams. Mm -hmm. So. Well, as an employee, I think it's okay for me if we're working as peers. It's a lot easier for me to call you an asshole than it is for your boss to call you one. Yeah. It is, right? Because we have a different relationship. And if your boss was were to say that to you, there's a couple of like lines that are crossed there. And, and you know, I think as peers, it's a little different with the lines that you cross. However, your behavior is a cause and effect behavior at that point. And I think as employees, you, you don't go straight to that answer and that result and that, that direct comment to somebody. However, it's okay to address it with somebody first before you bring it to leadership because it can come across as a diff- there's a difference between complaining and then really seeking a solution to a problem. And as a leader, when I put my leader hat back on, I think about, okay, how many times is this person coming to me with issues about people in the company and how many times are they coming to me with a solution that's, to those things? That's a really good point. That's a, a, a big one. Because, and you're right, complaining is one thing. Coming to somebody with a solution is another thing. And being realistic with your solution. Like, I couldn't just go up to my boss and say, well, I know that person's not pulling the slack. So I'm just going to come in and, and I'm going to work seven days this week. I'm going to pull an 80-hour you know, week to cover the slack. That's not sustainable. That's not a realistic um, expectation. Right. It's not something that's going to last. Right. So if instead you say, well, I know that they are not passionate about the task that they're working on right now. I talk to them and they really pa- they're really passionate about this other task. Maybe they'll like doing that. That gives, you know, it, it gives leadership kind of an option. Really something that they should be doing anyway. But. Um, but you're right. Having and and that co- tends to be the, the fallback for a lot of employees is well, I think I don't like where I am. I don't like what's going on, and I'm just going to bitch about it. Well, the first part that you said, where you're coming with a quote unquote solution, and you say I'm just going to work seventy to eighty hours a week. That's so passive aggressive, right? Like this person is not pulling their weight. So I guess what I'll do is I'll just I'll just work longer and I'll work harder and I'll you know I'll take care of anything that they don't and you know that's almost a a kiss ass piece because there's there's a difference between being a team player and being a team player. No. <laughs> and I know that sounds weird because I'm saying the same word twice mm-hmm. but being a team player for the passive aggressive piece or being a team player because it's authentic is really crucial. Yeah, you know some a, a different angle that I hadn't even noticed from that. You mean quote, the other side? Ah. ah. <laughs> so, for if you had, if you have a smiling employee in a toxic environment, and you as a leader, you you have to notice that. There's no way you can't unless you're a manager and you're just in the back room hoping that the widgets are getting made. If you have a smiling employee, that's really a symptom of your leadership because it shows you're not approachable. Mm. Because if somebody's smiling through that, they're not willing to come to you and let you know, like, hey, there's it's raining shit on us. Can you come and... I'll just stand here with my umbrella. Yeah. Everything's fine. Because if I go up to my boss, they're going to scream at me. 
or they're not they're not going to do shit anyway. I don't want to waste my breath. And if you're so, a leader and you're stepping over the shit or you're avoiding the smell of like, mm, I smell like something's up and your your team is standing there with their umbrellas and galoshes on like this is fun. We'll be fine. I'm internally burning out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's big things there. So uh, and they're on Monster and they're on uh, Indeed whatever, and whatever jobs dot com. Yeah, everything. And before you know it, you have a nice glass, little letter. And then Glassdoor reviews, and then you go on there and you get this anonymous review, and you're wondering why everybody is talking badly about your company, and they're like, "Your shit don't stink," and you're like, "What do you mean my shit don't stink?" And they're like, "We were literally standing in it, and you didn't even notice." Yeah. Boom. And that takes us to our next quote from Tony. Um, I forgot how to say his last name, so I apologize. Sia, I think is how you say his last name. He's the CEO of Zappos. You can't deliver good service from unhappy employees. And I appreciate Zappos so much, not just so much for the shopping concept, but for the culture that they created, because I, I did some studies on them when I first got into the leadership that drove my heart. Let me put it that way, because I think for the most part of my career, I've been a leader, but in this current role as um, when I was a district leader, that's where my heart was even more passionate and the electricity was going through my veins and you can deliver good service from unhappy employees. And Zappos does a really good job of, Um, creating a team and creating a team of happy employees so much so that I took one of their concepts to my team and we just did like a a small version of it, but we created a binder. And in that binder, I had the leaders on my team write down what they loved about being in the district. And then also if they wanted to add in there what they didn't love or what was an opportunity. And this was because our team was growing rapidly with um, the leaders and then with their assistants. And we wanted to pass on a legacy. And when some a new leader came on, they were able to take this binder and read it and read everybody's notes and see the vision from the people that were there already, what they were going to love, what they might come across, who they could contact, who they could reach out to and leave a piece of their legacy as they go. And so I would bring this book to every of our meetings and, uh, you know, just so we could kind of read through it and go through it. And then, you know, leaders have come and they've gone because they're on their own journey. But it was nice to have and to also reflect back on as a leader um, what people viewed of the team and the culture and what they wanted to create and what they valued based on what they wrote. And I thought that was really great of Zappos to do as a culture. And I just found the book recently after, you know, a couple of years and I went back and I read it and I was like, oh, memories, you know, tear. And so going back to the quote of you, you can't deliver good service from unhappy employees. There's a video and it's a fast food restaurant and it's a bullying video. Right. So they're showing what would you do? And a kid is getting bullied by a group of bigger kids and nobody really addresses it. And so then what they do is they have the fast food workers serve people hamburgers. And as they're serving the hamburger, they start punching the hamburger and like smashing it on the counter and then serving it to the customer. And the customer is like, what is this? What are you doing? And the employee is like, what? There's your burger. It was bullied. You know, do you like, you know, and just like being aggressive and more people complained about their food being bullied than they did addressing the kid that was being bullied. And so when I think about you can't deliver good service from unhappy employees, the employee in this moment was super angry, 
right? So think about the days where you've gotten a great sandwich from a fast food place versus days where you've gotten a sandwich and you're like, has anybody changed the lettuce out like in the past couple of days or how long has this been sitting out? Did we, did we just hate our jobs? <laughs> What's going on? And that goes in any service industry, but that could also go into any uh, like phone customer service piece uh, for consultative sales. Yeah. Any, I think one-on-one human connection. Piece. If you're at a, if you're at a negative a hundred, you could fake the funk to zero and you can seem like I'm okay today. But Bless your heart. Yeah. That's what I think about. <laughs> you're, but you're not going to get to that point where you are happy and you're, you know, I, I've I've known some employees that like they they just have this energy about them that draws you in. But if they're not happy on a specific day, you can tell there's no way to fake it. I mean, you you they're going through the motions. You're not making that connection. It's not it's not going to happen. And two things come up to mind for me. It's the employee that is unhappy and that is delivering that service to guest clients, whatever you call people that are coming into your business, right? The employee that's delivering that service is building their own reputation by delivering an unhappy service. Like, I don't want to deal with Chris or I don't want to deal with Sally because they always have an attitude every time I come in. And then that comes to the leadership there, because ultimately that reflects on leadership. And if leadership hasn't been proactive in handling that scenario, in the end, leadership owns all the wins and shares. I mean, the leader owns all the losses and opportunities and shares the wins. And that's something that you choose to take on as a leader. So if you are not creating that environment for that employee or addressing that employee, that's why your business is going to be garbage. And that employee, you think you're hurting the business, but you're ultimately hurting yourself because your name follows with you doesn't necessarily stay within the company because the company can turn that around once you leave. I have this rule. I have this rule when I uh, when I deal with companies, and that is, and, and you've seen me do this, if I call the phone company or if I call the cable company or whatever and I have a shitty experience, I'll hang up. Mid-sentence, click, I don't want to deal with that that person. Get the fuck out of my face. Done. I'll call again. If I get three of those in a row, then I'm dealing with a shitty company. That's how I feel. Because it's like I won the lottery three times at that company. And if you have three employees on the phone that just don't want to be there, mm-hmm. clearly don't want to do their job, mm-hmm. then it's not the it's no longer those three employees' fault. Now it's this is your culture. Mm-hmm. So I start making Because my somebody exit has strategy. to train them mm-hmm. to or, you know, give them the tools to address clients or guests or whatever and if they're all doing the same thing yeah it, it, even if you escalate it to the leader at that point chances are you're going to get a similar result yeah and i get i get very sensitive to it i get very petty about it um you okay so we have that on recording everybody heard that he gets very petty about it absolutely uh, <laughs> i have witnesses i'll i'll freely admit jeffrey rufino gets petty and and it has to do with the fact that i'm I want to be I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. If you're having a bad day, anybody can have a bad day. And I can deal with somebody who's like a person, a human being that's having a bad day. You don't have to be perfect. But I cannot deal with a company that has a negative culture. Mm-hmm. So if a company has a negative culture, they're going to be less apt to give me good service. Mm-hmm. They're going to be more apt to cheat me. Mm-hmm. They're going to be more apt to 
you know, cut corners and not deliver the thing that they promised me. And I think that's more so when the employee is paid by the hour where there and I'm, there's I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting paid by the hour, or getting paid commission. My point is, is that you're getting paid anyway for that hour. Mm-hmm. So I can sit and I can talk to a customer and I can be in a bad negative culture and not give a shit about how this call goes for an hour because at the end of the day, I'm still getting paid for this hour. Whereas in service industry, it's what I do that's getting me my money. So I kind of have to, going back to Ty's quote, smile and provide a peak performance in that service. You know, I think of like getting my nails done. My, um, the girl that does my nails is, I absolutely adore her. I've been going to her for almost 10 years now. Isn't that crazy? 10 years. Wow. And when she's upset because something's gone on in her business, we talk about it. However, it does affect her service. So I was there for four hours the other night because she was so upset with a situation that happened in her shop. And, you know, she does the nails, she does the pedicures, um, and she's uh, started with a whole new staff. And the staff doesn't have the same culture and values that she does for her business. Now she's a brand new entrepreneur and I had to share with her, nobody's going to love your business the way that you do. Nobody's going to have their heart in it the way that you do because this is your baby. And so if you have values that you want them to live through, that all starts with the interview process. You can't, and this goes back to our hiring you know, podcast, you can't hire based on, do you have the skill and not even look into, well, why are you here? What brings you here? What, you know, let, let's get to know each other and see if this is a relationship that works. And that's what her challenge is. So anyway, her, her guests are starting to get upset because of the attitude that's coming across from these new employees that haven't been immersed in the culture of the girl that does <laughs> my nails. And so there's, it, it's almost like a split nail salon, right? You have um, the people that, live within the culture because they followed my girl around for a while and the people that were just brought on that are just there because their dad told them they needed to get a job while they lived in their home. And those people need a job too, but you're right. It, it does it does affect the culture. It does affect the environment. It you you can tell when you walk in. You know, you can go to you can go to um, an emergency room. You can go to a bank. You can go to a doctor's office. You can go to uh, a, 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 a retail store. Any any one of those locations, anywhere that you, people are people, they're humans. Unless you're unless you're dealing with a room full of sociopaths, you're going to notice when people are not in a good mood. Disney, you can notice. You you can walk into Disney, and if an employee has is in a bad mood and is faking their smile, you can kind of tell. Mm-hmm. Unless they're supposed to play like an evil witch or, yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, like, you want this apple? <laughs> but, but what I'm, you know, what I'm saying is that from the employee side of things, there are, oh, there are thousands of reasons that somebody could be having a bad day. There are not that many reasons why your entire staff is negative. Right. And I think going back to having the employee hat on. As an employee, I'm not entitled to have five bad days every week. Does that make sense? So I can't come to work every day and that's just Joan 
that's just Joan Crawford. That's just her attitude. Mm -hmm. That's just how she is. She's a Scorpio. She just, you know, no, that that's not okay. If you come into work 10 minutes late every day, bitching about traffic. Change your route. Yeah. Change, Change your app that you're using for GPS. Leave 10 minutes earlier. But there has to be a standard set by leadership so that they can go back and address it. Mm-hmm. And there has to be a, an employee standard within yourself as an employee of if I want to get paid, I have to do my job. And our last quote is from Albert Einstein. And he shares, in my experience, the best creative work is never done when one is unhappy. And I want to I want to qualify that because there are studies that show that you can do really good creative work. When you're in a in a state of high anxiety, there are studies that there are some people that do their best creative work when they're uncomfortable. Like if you put them in a really small room or they have. Well, let's even qualify this debate, because we started talking about this when uh, right before we recorded the podcast, I had shown Jeff the quotes that I found and, and what I wanted to discuss. And he started debating this quote with me. And I started debating back and and Jeff was challenging the quote where I was in favor of it. However, now that we've gone through this conversation, my thoughts have evolved on it because I think when it's artistic work, some of the best artistic work comes out of being unhappy. The emotions are what drive the art, right? As painters, musicians, the heart like is hurt or you're angry or, you know, you're unhappy, you can... Put that all into your work. And sometimes that drives the creative work. It's when the person leading you in the environment is unhappy is where I think this quote applies. And you can be unhappy like, you know, Taylor Swift breakup unhappy, but still be happy with your art, Mm -hmm. with your process. Still be happy with the career that you've chosen and being And come out with a song, look what you made me do to work through your unhappiness. You can, I mean, and you can even be unhappy with like Common, with the industry Mm -hmm. and come out with, I used to love her, but you still love your personal art, your process of, hey, I'm going to go and be an artist. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go paint something like, you wouldn't you wouldn't even see Rembrandt painting something like this. And and it could come from a place of pain, but your job in itself, you know, and and to bring it to more corporate, like you could be a copywriter or a writer on a sitcom or a writer on, uh, you know, uh, adapting a movie script or whatever. And you can say, you know, I'm going to make this scene because I'm really mad at my mother in law. So I'm going to make an everybody loves Raymond type scene to show that. But boy, do I love being a screenwriter. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to if you're unhappy with either what you do or who you do it for, then stop doing it and being that person that brings that to the team. And I think that's where I was trying to get to. And you helped me nail it on the employee um, responsibility in that is that. As an employee, if you're unhappy with who, what you do or who you do it for, then fucking leave and stop putting people in the same misery boat as you. Find a place. You chose to accept the role in that company. You can choose to find someplace else that you will be happier in. If you like to sit in your own misery, then find a place that's miserable. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, because you're if, if you oh, thrive one of those out of misery, insult restaurants. Oh yeah, like um, oh Dick's, uh, yeah Dick's restaurant where you go in and you get insulted as soon as you walk in. The person's reading a book or listening to music and they don't even acknowledge you. Like, hey, go I ahead. I know some people that can you can get can paid really to be miserable. Yeah, in, 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 in that's that a good call. I know exactly who you're talking about. Really, really thrive, <laughs> and I mean. Yes, I, I I feel really, really strongly about this, about what you just said. If you don't like where you're at, you know, some people will say, well, no, but I have to. No, you don't. You don't have to. You don't mm-hmm. fucking have to. If you if you don't like where you're at, find somewhere else to go and be authentic about it. Yeah. Uh, I love Judge Judy. Um, love Judge Judy. And Judge Judy would consistently tell people, hey, can you say, would you like fries with that? If you can say, would you like fries with that? You can find another place to go. <laughs> you know, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll take you. Mm-hmm. There's places that'll take you. And sometimes you might have to make some sacrifices and just think to yourself and sit down and decide, hey, what on earth do I want to do? Mm-hmm. What drives me? What am I passionate about? I love comic books. Okay. Can I draw? No. Maybe I really know what Marvel's looking for as far as dialogue for the next Deadpool comic. I'm going to try to do that. Or maybe you know, I'm into whatever you're into, figure out what it is that drives you and start there. Don't just work in an office and you know, sell insurance. There are some really fucking happy insurance salespeople that they are driven and passionate and believe in what they do. Mm-hmm. And they and, you know, if something happens and you call them and you have to file a claim, they'll make you feel like you're walking on a cloud. Right. And you did nothing wrong. And we're here to support you. Yep. If you're in that, you know, some people say, oh, I'm doing it because the money's really good. I've been there. But. The money can be good. Anywhere. And I think some people are miserable because they don't realize what the other side enterprise already has realized is that your dream can become a possibility and can become a reality. And so we're here to help organizations with that, to help businesses with that and to help people with that, whether it's through the podcast or through our enterprise, we have tons of talented people that will um, be on our podcast, providing tips and supporting you in coaching and mentoring But also that's something that we provide full time. And on our next podcast, we're going to be talking about an an article that was in Forbes on why business coaching is not effective and not necessary. And I have a huge challenge with that. So stay tuned for our next podcast where we talk about the Forbes article and we challenge the thought of is business coaching necessary And thank you again for listening, for spending your time with us, whether you're driving to work or whether you're just chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool or, um, you know, just part of our team. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Please share and subscribe and hit us up on the other side enterprise on Instagram or at side enterprise on Twitter. Uh, We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share. We'll see you next time on The Other Side Enterprise.